Hi, I'm Rick Tittle, and this is the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8 Side Network. Join me as I get busy with the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco, around the globe on American Forces as well. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show actor and motivational speaker, Jay Head, and he has a, uh, a foundation uh, the Jay Head Foundation, it provides youth with the possibility to explore the world and see for themselves just how expansive uh, it is. Jay, welcome to the show. And a lot of people would say, you're 25 years old. What do you know about life? But from the time you were born, you have had challenges and you really have seen a lot, haven't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it's very weird. You know, I'm only 25, but I feel like I'm mentally, I think I'm about 55. <laughs> <laughs> What is it people know you best from, Jay, in terms of the public? So, so typically, uh, people would, if you, uh, if you recognize my voice, you would recognize my face. Typically, most would, see, would recognize me from the movie The Blind Side mm-hmm. with, uh, with Sandra Bullock and Tim McGraw. I played their son. Wow. And then I, if you haven't noticed me on that, maybe the movie Hancock with Will Smith, where he plays the uh, superhero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the- so yeah, those, are my two, those are my two biggest ones, yes. And Friday Night Lights, uh, you got that whole uh, Texas thing going on, don't you? I I do, right? I was born and raised in Texas, so I definitely I definitely lucked out when they were when they when that came around. Mm-hmm. Well, the Blindside experience did that. Uh, that must have really uh, helped the way you do your work now with motivational. Oh, it, it definitely did. You know, that movie, I think the reason that movie is still successful today is because the message in it is timeless. And uh, it was definitely a big thing for me because I was yeah, 12 years old uh, see, you know, when we were doing this. And so just getting to see, like, that's some people's reality, you know. And so it, was, it really changed things and gave me a very big perspective. Well, the people I mentioned when you were born, um, born with no aorta, they had to take a pulmonary vein and turn it into an aorta, an absolutely amazing feat by your, by your doctors. Um, and then, so when you were growing up, did you realize it's like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I made it, and then it gave you kind of a, maybe a little extra perspective on the value of life? Well, yes, definitely, because, you know, I, I, I grew up and people kept, you know, my grandmother always called me the miracle baby, and I never knew what that meant. I never understood what that meant. And then as I got a little older and kind of started learning a little bit more, I realized that, you know, uh, things were, you know, things were happening, things had happened to me that were not happening to everybody else. Uh, so I realized kind of how lucky I was. And then I was going through all the movie stuff and I realized, you know, really how lucky I was. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the motivational, uh, you help young people find their way to what? So, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm from Texas. I'm from the middle of nowhere, you know, in Texas. Uh, the town I'm from has two stoplights and a gas station. And so, you know, I come from one of those places. And people always, you know, ask, how does, how does somebody from nowhere, you know, make it into movies and become this successful? And I always tell people the same thing is there's no difference between me or anybody else that, you know, that does what, you know, that's in this business. I just happened to, you know, they picked me, and I was, you know, I've been successful, but uh, really it was just because I was, I was work hard, I worked hard for it. I went, ever since I was seven years old, I was doing auditions, I was flying back and forth to L.A. and back to Texas. Um, you know, besides the work, there's no difference between me or anybody else, and I think that kids come from those small towns thinking that, oh, well, there's a, 
everybody else can do it, but not me because I'm here and I'm stuck here. And I want to be able to show kids like, look, I'm no different from you and I'm nobody from nowhere. And if I can do it, literally anybody can. Hmm. And do they, so you give these talks and help them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I go around, I I go around, I speak at schools, I speak at colleges. Uh, I've even, I've even spoken at medical conferences, you know, to hospitals, to doctors and, you know, talk to, talk to kids and, let them know, you know, anything you want to make yourself to be in this world, you can do it. The only one, only person really getting in front of you is you. Right. And you, you're going to, you know, some people are going to say things and some people probably won't like it. But at the end of the day, the people that care about it and the people that care about you and the people that really, you know, vibe with you like that, they're going to be all for it. And if they're not, then they're not the type of people you need to have around. Mm-hmm. Um, because we can, we can be whoever we want to be. You can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. It just takes a lot of work. Right. You know, when I think about, where you were born in Hamlin, Texas, and there's so many German-named towns and New Braunfels and Lubeck, which is Lubbock and all that. But I guess if you're from Hamlin, the high school, you got to be the Pied Pipers, right? We are, yes, yes. Growing up, it was like top five weirdest mascots in Texas, <laughs> and that was like number three. <laughs> was the was the Hamlin Pied Pipers, the bright, gr- bright Kelly green and white. <laughs> wow, you know, I tell people. Uh, I do motivational sometimes with kids, and I always say, especially girls, um, don't be invested in what other people think of you. You know what I mean? 100%. Like so many people stop because uh, they're worried about what people think of them. It's a huge It's It's a, it's a very weird, you know, especially, especially in today's world, you know, with all the comparisons because, of, you know, we have social media and whatnot. Right. But one of, my, one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite things that I like to always tell people is, other people's opinion of you is none of your business. That's exactly right, babe. You know what I mean? Because if, if they don't know what you're going through, they don't know what skills you have, they don't know how you're feeling, there's, there's infinite variables that come into play. And just because of they think you might not make it, what does that matter? They don't even know what you ate for, they don't know this, you know, what you ate for breakfast exactly. today, much less what you're going through. So only you can know as far as you can go. Only you know the answer to that. Everybody else doesn't realize it until they see it. Couple more questions for Jay Head, um, and you're a person. You have down days too. So what what gets you up? What gets you motivated on a day where maybe you're not feeling it? Good question. Right. Well, you know, of course, we all have those days. We all have those days where we feel, you know, today I don't have it. I don't have it. I'm in a bad mood. I'm, it's a bad day. Whatever happens, but you know, it kind of goes back to back to all my heart, my surgery and my medical stuff. Is growing up, my mama always told me, Jay, you don't have bad days. Mm. You know, because there was a time when your bad days meant that you were seconds away from being taken from us. Mm-hmm. So a bad day that you're talking about now is not even in the same league as the bad days you used to have. And so I always try to keep it in perspective that, you know, any, and I know it's kind of cliche and a lot of people say it, but it's true. Any day that you're above ground is better because somebody else, somebody else didn't, didn't make it and you did. So enjoy that. Right. We had uh, Quentin Aaron on the show about two weeks ago, of course, who played uh, Michael Ower uh, in that movie. And I always wonder, when you're on a movie set for, for months at a time, do you kind of find, a, maybe not a family thing, but just a, a kinship maybe with your fellow performers? Oh, you do 100%. It's, very, it's a very weird thing because in, in a way you're kind of like falling into a different reality. And for those few months... You know, you really treat each other like your family, and it's not until it's over that you go, "Oh yeah, no, that was 
that's not my family. That's not my mom. That's the, you know what I mean? You're kind of stuck. You're kind of stuck in this trance of like, you're just so absorbed in it. And then when you, when the bubble pops and the movie's over and you take a step back, you go, oh yeah, we don't, we don't know each other like that. We've only known each other three, three months. We, well, she's fast. But uh, it's, it's always a great time. And Quentin and I have stayed really close, you know, after, after, you know, through everything. Mm. Well, Sandra Bullock in that movie, I just did a special on Mothers in the Movies for Mother's Day, and that oh, was right. one of our main... I think that was my first movie I thought of, because she's the most amazing, you know, adoptive... Uh, she adopted that that guy, but she was the most amazing mother in that. She She really is, and she's... I tell you, I always tell people that's how she is in real life. Like, she's the sweetest woman. Uh, she asked me one day, what was my favorite dessert? And I was, you know, I was 12. I said, well, I'm from Texas, so I like pecan pie. And she goes, oh, great, that's wonderful. And I didn't think anything of it. And the next day, I, there was a knock on my trailer, and there's Sandra Bullock, the, the Oscar winner, standing there holding a homemade pecan pie for me. <laughs> so, like, that just kind of gives you, like, a little insight. Like, that's just how, that's the person she is. You know, you could she's tell just amazing. the interviews and stuff with her. She's remarkable. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's the best. She's insanely funny. Like, we'll have you on the ground rolling it before you realize what's going on. You know, she wants to get out of acting right now. She wants to retire a little bit. This, uh, yeah, well, you know what? Yeah. I'd say that woman deserved it. She's been hitting home runs for the last 20 years. That's so if right. she wants to take a break and enjoy her family, then I would I totally support that. But I will say I, w- it would, I would be a little disappointed because I'm, pre- I'm, I'm a lot better of an actor now, and I'd love to work with her again, as an, sure. you know what I mean, like as an adult and from that standpoint, instead mm-hmm. of just, you know, I, you know, just being starstruck all, the whole time. Uh, even though I, st- I probably still would be because it's Sandy and I love her to death. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, you know, she deserves it. Well, Jay, before we let you go, can you go a little bit more into the Jay Head Foundation and what you do and, and some of the feedback you've received with the help you've given? Yeah, so, you know, we've, we've really just been kicking it off this last year. It's really been slowly starting to pick up. And uh, we've been going around. We have, we've been speaking at schools and helping out with kids, you know, and kind of pointing them in the right direction. Uh, you know, and trying to f- find things that they want to do or they want to accomplish in this world and kind of helping them meet, shake the right hands or, you know, get into the right room that they wouldn't otherwise be able to get into. Uh, it's really trying to help people out because a lot of people just need one chance. And so that's what we're trying to do is trying to find a bunch of kids that are, you know, trying to find the kids that are really trying to, you know, get out and get out into the world and see the world and realize it's not a scary place and uh, do whatever we got to do for that. All right, J-Head Foundation, uh, check it out at jhead.com, and that's J-A-E-H-E-A-D.com. Jay, thanks for coming on, yeah. and continued good work. Absolutely, Thank you, you guys. Jay. Great Thank work. You. Thank you, guys. It was an honor to be here. I Thank you so much. You're listening to the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8 Side Network. Stay tuned for more. All right, it's great to welcome back to the show comedian and actor Aries Spears. He's got uh, Brunswick shows coming up this weekend. Then he'll be heading into Helium Philly, one of the great shows, uh, great clubs, I should say, in the nation. Aries, I love New York and I love Philly, but as a native of New York, what is it with Philly and New York? They kind of feel like your little brother, or what? what's that dynamic like? A we're, cousin. We're related. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but, but New York uh, but is su- from, New York superior? <laughs> I, I wouldn't use the word superior, but, you know, I'm from there, so I got to rep there. <laughs> you know, I was... But I love Philly, man. Philly, Philly, uh, 
you know, I'm just I'm an East Coast dude, period. So mm. any, anywhere I'm at on the East Coast, Boston, New York, Philly, Jersey, uh, I'm a happy dude. No doubt. Well, sports-wise, Boston and New York, that's your blood enemy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I was kind of really uh, pulling for Philly, too. Uh, basketball-wise, I was hoping that Embiid and Harden uh, could make it happen, but Harden seems to be the biggest choke artist when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, and uh, does it hurt watching the Celtics win, or you don't care? I mean, I don't really have a dog in that fight because nobody from New York is there. So, you know, uh, but, you know, I'll take anybody from the East Coast against anybody from the West. You know what? In all the years I've had you on my show, I didn't realize that, you know, a lot of people have no cool names. You got three cool names because Aries Spears is a great name. I didn't realize that your, your first name is Nairobi. How do you get three cool names? I only think I got two. That's why I don't use that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to be like, you know, a one-name artist like Sinbad or Rihanna and just go by Aries. I think you probably could at this point, and we're that far away from Greece. But still, Nairobi, I think that is a really cool name. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Yeah, but you didn't like it, huh? What, was it just too African or what? No, it just just sounded weird to me. Hmm. When you were starting out, and I was thinking about like the Uptown Club in in Harlem, the the far north as I've gone for comedy in New York is the Strip, and what's that like Seventy Third Street or whatever. So, what was it like doing comedy in Harlem when you, you were just a teenager? Uh yeah, I was like fourteen, fifteen. Jeez. Yeah, no, it uh, you know it's it's it, 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 it's what it was you know for that moment because you know truthfully I was trying to get in at the Improv. In Manhattan, and that didn't work out. So, somebody suggested going up to uh, Uptown in Harlem. And so, my mother and I took the trip up there, and that's kind of where I first got my feet wet. And you're doing impressions. I guess the early impressions, like Sammy Davis Jr., Red Fox, people like that? Uh, more like, you know, Bill Cosby, James Brown, uh-huh. uh, people in that wheelhouse. <laughs> what would you say, of, uh, I mean, just from your time on Mad TV, we've seen so many impressions. What would you say is, or maybe your top two, your very best? Uh, you know, I don't really have, in my mind, a very best. To me, what always excites me is anybody new. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you discover that you could do somebody new, that's kind of like the most exciting thing. I guess it's like having a new child. You know, not to say you don't love your other kids, but they're old. You know, you like the new ones. <laughs> I think one of my favorites you do, and I see him a lot because of the playoffs, is Shaq. Yeah, no, Shaq's, Shaq's fun to do, and he's probably the easiest because it doesn't require much on your vocal cords. But, you know, I'm here in New Jersey right now, and I'm actually on my way to go see the uh, the actual Sopranos house. Uh, we went by the Pizza Land and saw that place, which is in the opening credits. Whoa. So I, I, I say all that to say, you know, I do a James Gambolfini, Tony Soprano. So I'm recording myself at these landmarks, and I'm doing Tony Soprano impressions. Wow, you go to Satrials with the pig outside? You know, uh, my, my guy here, Andy, who's my feature comedian, he told me that that place really doesn't exist. It's uh, condos. Oh. You know, they, they, they made that up for the show. But we went to Holstein's, which is the uh, the restaurant in the very last uh, uh, Sopranos episode wow. when it goes black. Right. We went to Pizza Land, and now we're on our way to the Soprano house. 
All right. Well, there he is, Aries Spears. Check him out. The Brunswick shows this weekend. And, of course, Helium Philly. Aries, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's, that's Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And, yeah, Helium in Philly. I look forward to it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. This has been the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8 Side Network.